All right, and welcome back to episode number 10 of the College Football University podcast. This week, we'll talk about a disappointing performance from the Oklahoma State Cowboys in Stillwater as they lost to the Texas Longhorns, all but ending the Big 12's playoff chances. Then we'll talk Ohio State's domination in Happy Valley and Michigan once again breaking their fans' hearts, underperforming, and losing to Michigan State. Then we'll break down the best week of college football so far. BYU plays a ranked opponent. Uh, Florida and Georgia square off. And then you've got Notre Dame, uh, Clemson, in a possible ACC championship uh, preview. So let's get into it. All right, so let's get started with last week's games, and we can just go ahead and get out of the way, Parker. We can talk about my emotional state and the Oklahoma State Cowboys and their, their, their just awful defeat at the hands of the Texas Longhorns. Well, I'd really, I'd like to hear your thoughts first before I tell what I knew from the start of the season. Uh, I should have learned from growing up and I had that, you know, 13-year-old realization that all Oklahoma State fans have that we're never going to win anything and we suck and we're really good at being okay. Um, great top 15 team. Never will be top five. Um, but they are really good and they're way better than Texas, but they can't not beat themselves. They just wanted to turn the ball over, over and over, over and over. I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't argue that they weren't the better team. You outgained Texas by 300 yards. You lead for almost the entire game. But, I mean, Joseph Asai might as well have started every snap standing next to Spencer Sanders because that's where he ended up anyways. And when you turn the ball over in your own territory that many times, you're just asking to lose a game like that, especially against a veteran quarterback and a team that was desperate for a win like that. So, I... You know, I kept predicting OSU to lose a game. You know, I just I, I stuck with it because I knew it happened eventually, and it finally did. Um, and now, yeah, I mean, the Big 12 itself is in a rough spot right now. Oklahoma State is in a rough spot because you've got uh, Bedlam in two weeks, a tough road trip uh, in Manhattan this week, and only one more home game left in the entire schedule. So you're looking down the road and you're thinking, you know, is Oklahoma State a lock for the Big 12 championship game anymore? Probably not. Um, you know, they got the tiebreaker over Iowa State, but they've lost to Texas. I'm also going to go ahead and assume they're going to lose to Oklahoma because that's just how that works as well. So coming down the stretch of the season, I think the Big 12 is going to be a mess. Uh, for Oklahoma State's per sake, I think it's going to be really up to Spencer Sanders now he continues to play because uh, I think it's been proven that Chuba's not going to be able to carry this team just because people are going to focus so much in on him. Everyone's got like seven in the box minimum. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I... It's, it's they're gonna go as far as Sanders goes because that defense played great too. It's just they were just put in such terrible situations because of those turnovers. So yeah, Texas would get the ball deep in OSU territory like two or three times, and it was like okay, you gave up eight yards and a touchdown. Like that's not your fault. <laughs> so, I mean, I. Um, but you know, looking at the the flip side of things for Texas, I. It really, there's not a lot of positive offensively to take from that game. They really didn't play that well in offense. I would say the biggest positive to take is the pass rush. Joseph Asai was a monster. Um, I, he was the first guy since Duncan Sue in 09 to have, I believe it was like at least 12 tackles, six tackles for loss, and three sacks. Um, That's which absurd. Are just, which are nutty numbers. 
Uh, so if he can keep that up, Texas is going to be very formidable. I think an effective pass rush is what they were missing because that secondary was just getting lit up. Um, so I guess that that would be the one positive uh, Longhorn fans can take away from that game. But I still I don't have much faith in Texas either, really, because they got handed that game for the most part. Yeah, no, they got that OSU should have won by thirty. That it was ridiculous. It just that. They actually, like, that game was perfect for them to make a statement that, you know, if they go undefeated, like, they're clearly the best team in the Big 12. Like, they, like, it was a great moment for them to win 35-10. to 10. Yeah, that's... And they didn't. <laughs> yeah, that, that seemed like what it was destined to be. And... And the first drive, they stopped Texas, and then they marched down the field, scored a touchdown in, like, seven plays. It looked so yeah, easy. It's just... I don't know. It's just it's tough for Oklahoma State, I think, to really put their foot down in a big game and like blow someone out, have a statement win. You know, you never you never really see them do that. You see them sort of let teams hang around a lot uh, and play some tighter games. So uh, now, I mean, now it's going to come down. It's going to come down to Bedlam. It's also going to come down to them not losing. Um, you know, one of those tricky road games they've got coming down the stretch of the season. So. We will see. The Big 12 is going to be a jumbled mess, um, that's for sure, uh, through the rest of the year. So it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. But hey, for the Big 12, it's almost basketball season, and that's where they thrive. So it's fine. I mean, kind of, but Uh, Big 12 is the best basketball conference. That's not true this year. We can do a college basketball podcast at a later date and discuss all these things. This is no. This is this is a fact. Anyways, no, it's not. Big Ten is way better this year. There's fake news. All right. Speaking of the Big Ten, great transition. Thank you, Parker. You're welcome. Uh yeah. Michigan, they 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 got us again. They they they, they fooled us again. Yeah, they, they, we we should we should know. <laughs> they had us in first half. You know, people really thought last week. Oh, Michigan's good. They blew out Minnesota. The offense looked great. Joe Milton might be, you know, the first guy that Harbaugh's recruited might be the answer. Maybe it was just because he was taking in transfers and stuff like that. No, Minnesota lost to Maryland Friday night, and then Michigan proceeded to lose to Michigan State, a team who had just lost to Rutgers. Michigan State team that is still, in my opinion, terrible. They are horrible. And Michigan, like, really got outplayed. It was not really fluky or anything like that. They got outplayed. Rocky Lombardi... Um, yeah, threw for under um, nearly uh, nearly fifty percent completion percentage, yet over three hundred yards and three touchdowns. That was probably the first like stellar game he's played in his career, and it came against Michigan. Um, Spartans couldn't run the ball, typical, but they didn't need to because their defense played very well, and they just they got they made a lot of plays. Um, shout out to the freshman as well, Ricky White, the Michigan State wide receiver. Um, Putting up 200 yards after only having five receiving guards the previous week. Uh, that was very impressive. I guess Michigan definitely now knows about him, as does the rest of the conference. But it just it left you scratching your head. It was a typical Michigan State game where they come in, nobody gives them a chance to win, and they end up sort of grinding out a win over their rivals, which is always fun to see. Michigan State uh, sort of shock people like that. But for Michigan, I don't, I don't know where to go from here. They're, the thing is, like, Milton didn't play bad. He didn't. And it was honestly, they just they let a horrible offense 
score three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You also look at it though. Milton was also their leading rusher with fifty nine. No, yeah, yards. they couldn't run the ball either. They couldn't run the ball at all. But they also don't have a feature back. Defensively, yeah, they don't have a feature back, which has been a problem for a little while. I mean, the offensive no line. running back had more than eight carries. It was Hassan Haskins. Like he still act. He was eight for fifty six. That's mm-hmm. not bad. The offensive line's struggling after losing so much from last year, and. That secondary just got really burned, which is not something you think of a typical Michigan defense with their man-to-man press coverage. Them getting burned like that, but, you know, Ricky White had his day, and we were left with the result of now both of those teams being one-on-one, which I, you know, maybe this says something about Rutgers. I don't know. Maybe it says a lot about Minnesota as well. Rutgers is good. But, yeah, it was – it was – it was – it's always nice to see Michigan State pull off wins like this, though, um, especially over the Michigans and Ohio State's the world where, you know, I don't think anything's more frustrating for those two fan bases than losing to Michigan State. So it's just, yeah, it just it left you scratching your head. It's Michigan's almost in that same state that Texas and Tennessee are in right now where they, um, they just can't seem to get out of the, you know, slightly above average zone of college football and their fans are patiently waning. Um, the athletic directors and universities themselves are waiting on the coaching staffs to finally make a turn. And how many more chances is Harbaugh going to get? Because this this could be one of the final straws. I saw that they want Venables if they fire him or whatever. I can see that. I, I, I believe for a long time that Venables needs a head coaching job. He gets paid so much that he doesn't want to leave. Well, yes, and Dabo's kind of like clinging to him like a, a lost child, but... I think uh, just think he needs to go. Venables was at Oklahoma when they were good. If Venables had stayed because Bob Stoops didn't believe in nepotism, yeah, then the OU offenses with Lincoln Riley would still have Brett Venables as their defensive coordinator. Hold on, he didn't believe in nepotism. What does, what does that even mean? Well, he just kept Mike Stoops around. He was uh, the co- they were co-defensive coordinators, Mike uh, Stoops and Brett Venables when the OU defense was legit. In the two thousands, yeah, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to give Venables. Sorry, he didn't want to give Venables a raise, and so he, yeah, he, uh, he went so to Clemson. Stoops valued his relatives over team success. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Sucks. But yes, I could see. I could see Venables going there. That would be. I think that would be a hire that everybody would be happy with. But uh, you know, we can't count out Harbaugh yet. Michigan's got. Plenty of big games left in their schedule. Um, we'll talk about their game this week in a little bit. You know, you've got Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State still left as well. I mean, we can we can also still say if they beat Ohio State, that completely throws everything they do this season out of the water, and it's considered a success. It's not going to happen, but you know, it's Ohio not like State this, is like, se- this season isn't over for them. Ohio State is such a well-oiled machine; they have no chance. Yes, I mean, yes, I mean, speaking, yeah, speaking of Ohio State, we can go ahead and move into their game against Penn State, in which they looked very dominant. Uh, final score did not really depict how close this game was. I think Ohio State had this. Uh, had a fairly comfortable cushion for most of this game and wasn't threatened for most of the time. Uh, Fields really had his Heisman moment. Um, 318 passing yards, four touchdowns. Uh, the offense was balanced. Master Teague and Trey Sermon played great. That backfield duo has panned out really well so far. Uh, Chris Olave had a great game as well. Um, he's turned into really that you know wide receiver number one option this year. Uh, defense played solid. Um, and it was just it was an overall really impressive team win for Ohio State 
they've you know they very quickly th- thrown themselves you know the first couple weeks of the year it was Clemson and Alabama they very quickly you know said yeah we're we're up there with them and I mean my takeaway from this game was that Ohio State's not going to lose a Big Ten game this season I I don't know if they're going to play one that's within one possession to be quite honest they're so good I mean Justin Fields is in the first two games he has five touchdowns and five incompletions yeah. Um, that's pretty good. <laughs> Touchdown yeah. for every incompletion. That I reminds believe. you of his stats last year too. I mean, if I mean if Burrow doesn't have the year that he does last year, Fields has Heisman quality numbers last year easily. Yeah. No. And that's why I think Fields is gonna win the Heisman yeah. because he's just so good. And I mean, you're looking at Ohio State schedule. They're gonna play Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State, Michigan. I don't see any of those games being closer than. Do they go to Bloomington? Now they host Indiana. They'll play at Michigan State if Michigan State continues their current path, and maybe that's a game. But you think that Rocky Lombardi can throw it over in Ohio State defense? I mean, after what he did last week, I don't no. know if I'll doubt Rocky Lombardi again. But you know, Ohio State is in a different class than Michigan. Even Michigan's defense is good, but Ohio. Yes. What well, Ohio saying, State hung seventy on them two years ago. I'm just and that saying was the that, best defense in the country at the time. I think supposedly. that'll be probably the closest game they have left in their schedule. Still, will probably be like a fourteen to twenty-one point win at least. So, yeah, I don't. I, coming away from that game, it's it's fairly obvious. You know, we've got our top three teams in the playoff already. It's it's going to come down to that fourth one. So, and uh. The, the Cincinnati Bearcats are making a run at it. I think we should yeah. mention them real quick. They killed yeah. Memphis, and they are they look like that they actually have a chance to make the playoff. Well, yeah, so we can each do our one big takeaway from the week. Uh, mine would have to be, you know, Cincinnati, you know, they've, they've made me my words. I can't doubt them anymore. I mean, holding SMU to 16 and Memphis to 10 in back-to-back weeks, I, there's very few Power 5 defenses that could do that, much less a team like Cincinnati as well as the offense putting up great numbers. Uh, it's very impressive. I can legitimately see them um, I can legitimately see them making the playoff at this point. You know, we were just talking about it a couple minutes ago, but you know, you look at what the Big 12 is doing right now. They're going to have I it's very unlikely they have a one-loss champion. Um, and then you look at the Pac-12, Oregon the best chance if they come out of their 6-0 though but their schedule is so weak I would argue that Cincinnati has played a tougher schedule and than no them no one gets in the playoff playing 7 games exactly so I don't I, I see Cincinnati have a great shot to be that 4th team here's the thing depending on what happens with the SEC and um but even if you know it would depend it would have to be you know the east champion beats alabama alabama has one loss and still gets in that's the that, only way that won't happen alabama is too good but here's cincinnati is are they playing this week or are they on the bye uh no they will uh they'll host houston okay so they'll win but here's the thing they're the biggest notre dame or they're the biggest clemson fans this week because if notre dame wins because clemson doesn't have trevor lawrence and then Notre Dame goes into the ACC championship undefeated, ranked second, third, whatever. Then all of a sudden, Clem- like Notre Dame can't beat Clemson twice, especially with Lawrence in the second game. They yeah. won't beat him twice. Mm-hmm. So then Notre Dame would be what ten and one. Then yes. ten and one Notre Dame play the full ACC schedule, beats North Carolina, beats Clemson. 
uh, has a loss to Clemson, but losing to Clemson is your bait doesn't count as a loss. Mm-hmm. That that's the game that really is big for Cincinnati or Cincinnati's future. If Clemson wins this week with DJ UGLA, then they're fine. Yeah. Like Cincinnati has a legitimate chance because they won't put in a two loss over. A Cincinnati that has won the games they have. They have yeah. multiple top 25 wins against yeah. legit competition. They're going to get UCF. Is there, they're probably, them and Tulsa are the toughest games they have. If Tulsa keeps winning, that'll be another top 25 win. Yeah, you for can them. see. You can Tulsa's see like, they, they got votes and they're like 31st or something. Mm-hmm. So two more wins, Tulsa will be in. You could, see, you could see either Tulsa or UCF being ranked by the time Cincinnati plays them for sure. I don't know about UCF. They already have two losses. It, 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 UCF would have to ride off some wins for sure. But, yeah, yeah, but I, to your point with the Notre Dame thing, though, it, the thing that would stick out to me is if you pit a one-loss Notre Dame against an undefeated Cincinnati, I think a lot of people would look back to the last time Notre Dame was in the playoffs and say, why did they deserve to be in again? It's the same argument against Oklahoma every year, but um, people would say, you know, Notre Dame had their shot and if they If they beat Clemson, though, on their resume... Having that on your resume is such a strong, even without Lawrence. But I mean, if Notre Dame were to make the playoff and then get blown out again, people would be like, "We should have put Cincinnati in." So I, I don't. It's gonna. That would be very close. That would be a big group of five versus power five debate. I think because Cincinnati's probably one of the first teams that is. You know, I mean, we can't say too much. They've still got five games left, but they they're one of the stronger teams group of five teams since the playoffs started i would say so up there with probably ucf um and that uh houston team as well but i the houston uh, I, team lost three times they did but they still also ended up beating florida state and oklahoma mm-hmm. but yes i uh i i do really like the cincinnati team and i do have faith in them so we shall we shall see how they continue to develop though i also could definitely see them getting upset and having all that ruined and then who knows maybe marshall or boise state slides in or something or byu uh, byu don't don't sleep on the storm and mormons mm-hmm. all right yes we will talk more byu later um but coming af- off of this week we'll uh, update our power rankings real quick i uh i have a bit of movement i'm going what uh, actually, did I last week? I might have already had this happen, but um, I've got Alabama at number one now. Yeah, you had that last. I week. did. Okay, well, never mind then. So Alabama's one, Clemson two. It's very close between Clemson and Ohio State, to be quite honest. Um, you know, actually, I'll put Ohio State at two and Clemson at three. Wow. I, I don't know. Wow. Something about Clemson seems just slightly off this year. Oh wait, are you gonna f word? Fraud? Fraud? No. Are they frauds? No, they're not frauds at all. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna no. I'm never gonna call Clemson a fraud. Well, again. they were frauds when Kelly Bryant was a quarterback. So okay, that was yes, but that was a, more of a fluky year, and they still made the playoff. I, they were the one seed. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They were. Regardless, frauds. they're still they're not a fraud this year because they don't have Kelly Bryant at quarterback. Um, they're gonna have Trevor Lawrence back in a couple weeks. Uh, and then my fourth, I think the fourth best team is Notre Dame at this point. I think Notre Dame's defense is actually elite, probably one of. Probably only behind maybe Georgia, Oklahoma State. And, <laughs> and nah, I think Notre Dame's defense is a little better than OSU's. I, I would say Notre Dame is a top three defensive unit in the country, probably. Um, so I put them at four. The Florida Georgia debate obviously will get settled this week, but I, as of right now, I think Florida is a slightly better team. 
especially based on how they played against Missouri. Their I think, defense is I think good, they came man. out more focused, um, you know, really. I think that defense got shored up. I think when, they're going to be much improved. When we get to that game, we need to have a talk about if Stetson Bennett is from 2.0 and Kirby's just scared to go to JT Daniels because of loyalty. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> he's going to do it again. It could easily be the case. But, uh, um, yeah, that'll yeah. be my top six. Yeah, uh, you don't have Cincinnati? And because this is power rankings, this is, you know, when I look at this, I look at the eye test and who would win on a field. I think Georgia and Florida are both beating Cincinnati. I think with Georgia would be, I would think Georgia would lose to Cincinnati. Really? I don't know. I don't think. You got to Cin- compare that SEC talent and. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think since it's all about the, the, the offense that Georgia has, it, it, you think they're scoring against what they're scoring more than 20 points against Cincinnati tell me I feel like yes they or could, no yes because Ooh. I feel like they could run the ball on Cincinnati better than Memphis and SMU could I think I think they could just overpower Cincinnati more than other teams could that's why I'd say they'd win um, just from a athletic standpoint I mean obviously Cincinnati is like they don't have as much talent in Georgia but I think that Georgia's offense is horrible I don't know about horrible. They're not good against a quality they are defense. A below average SEC offense. Yes, as of now, yes. Which for a top five team, I count that as horrible. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yeah, moving on. Uh, mine's the same, except Cincinnati's at five and Florida's at six. Fair enough. And flip flop Ohio State and Clemson. Yeah, I want to see Ohio State play more football. Then the um, even though I think they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Then the uh, I mean yeah with likewise with the playoff rankings Ohio State coming back has also heated up the Heisman race. I um I still have I can't even remember if I said this last week as well, but I still have Mac Jones at number one. You said you said that. Good. Okay. So I'm staying consistent. Uh, Mac Jones is number one. I put Fields at two because Lawrence is going to be missing these two weeks. I think that's going to put him behind the both of them. They'll play the same number of games now, which yes, is big. But because that was a disadvantage for Fields. Yes, but I think Fields is also going to put up better numbers and you potentially so? be on a better team. Lawrence was putting up actually ridiculous numbers this year. I think so. It also depends on how much those two play in their games or if they get pulled out early. But I, I still I. <sighs> Lawrence got know. pulled and had five touchdowns and 400 yards. I really honestly just think Fields is a better player. Whoa. Hot take. Maybe not an NFL. Embrace from an, base. From an NFL prospect standpoint, probably, I mean, no, because Lawrence is just. You have one game. You're playing with, okay, the All-American team is playing. You clone them. They're playing each other, okay? The only difference is who's at quarterback. Does Trevor Lawrence's team win or Justin Fields? Hmm. See, the only reason I would say Lawrence is because he's been in championship games before and he's carried Clemson to championship wins before. Fields hasn't. But besides that, like, I just think that... Hmm, I think that Fields physically is more gifted. I think he might be slightly more talented and his dual threat ability also is a nice bonus. So just with all the th- all those things combined, I like Fields slightly more. I think Fields, I, it's unfortunate that he'll play less games than Mac Jones, um, but I think he'll probably deserve the Heisman by the end of the year. I just don't think that he'll win it. 
um, just because of their shortened season. But yeah, yeah, I think Mac Jones is actually going to win it now because mm-hmm. he just he I don't see anyone slowing him down. Yeah, he's be, ridiculous. That'd be my top three. I'd slide Najee Harris where I find him at four, and then five would probably be it'd be close between Trask and e, Trask and Etn. But I'd go Trask because he yeah, plays quarterback. I'm, I'm putting Trask. Kyle Pitts is kind of. F- not falling off necessarily. Teams but are he, just doubling him yeah, and letting he hasn't other been putting people up the same him. numbers because people aren't willing to lose games because of him anymore. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, and then Kadarius Tony just beats him as well, Missouri. Yeah, Kadarius Tony is making a Heisman statement of his own. But Art, come on, I'm, come on. Yes, that's not a that's not a serious statement. That's a okay. Okay, it's good. Just making sure. Mm. Just had to. Remember when you said Stetson Bennett was a top 10 Heisman candidate? Okay, because that was when I thought Georgia was about to be, like, an incredible team. I thought they had a chance at beating Bama, and I thought that Bennett was going to be, like, the answer at quarterback. None of those things happened. One game, and we were ready to declare. Top okay. 10 Heisman. That was also when we thought Auburn was, all, like, pretty good, too, and they dominated them. But anyways, mm, yeah. overreacting Speaking from week of to Auburn, week is just a great thing. for a moment. Congratulations, you proved me wrong. All right, moving on. Yeah, I did not expect that either. Um, I side note, back to what you said. Trevor Lawrence is on pace this year to, uh, where I had it up. He, if he continues to play, if he, if he, well, he played four games, right? Yes. Okay, if he plays eight games, he's on pace to throw for more yards, more touchdowns, and the same number of interceptions as he did his freshman year. Just want to throw that out there. Absurd numbers. Also is on pace to throw almost as many touchdowns as he did last year in 15 15 games. 15 games. He threw 36 touchdowns. Anyways, let's move on. This week, this week's good slate. We've got a very good slate. Yeah, I would say, I honestly feel like we say this every week, but uh, the slate this week, I mean, this is... No, there's one week it sucked. Yeah, it's true. But um, this is probably the best week we've had yet this season. First off, every conference is playing now this week. Uh, we will very quickly mention that Maction is back, and the Mac decided to have every single one of their teams play on Wednesday night because oh! they love us. I'm juiced. <laughs> Wednesday night. I can come home. Mm-hmm. Don't know anything about the teams but i can put football on my tv mm-hmm. ohio, it'll be there ohio central michigan will be the <clears throat> headliner of sorts probably the two best teams in the conference and in the season uh buffalo is also up there you get to watch jared patterson on the espn too if you haven't he's actually a very talented running back um, i didn't even know buffalo was in the mat so <laughs> that's a it's a great start to uh your match and you should you need to do some uh, research on wednesday night then you're gonna have the extent of, of my match knowledge is gus duggerton <laughs> You remember that in the summer? Yes. That, that was, was uh, peak performance. It's, it's not exactly the most uh, well-founded knowledge, I, though. Dude, Gus Duggerton was elite. True. Paid his players, won championships, and then got the hell out of there. Um, Very true. Yeah, so thank you, Mac, for... Mm-hmm. Now we have we have one night out of the week that doesn't have football. Tuesdays. Yeah, which is incredible. That's which is, it's nice to see. Six days of football. Um, yeah, since we're, we're on this thing of the... The uh, conference is coming back. We will also discuss, uh, we'll quickly run through the Pac-12 is back this week. And um, because Fox hates the West Coast and hates all of us, they decided to make USC and Arizona State play at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's ridiculous. That should have been a game that I can watch at 12 o'clock at so night. so egotistical that they want to have the big noon kickoff 
but the big noon kickoff doesn't work with the West Coast, yet they still want to make it work. That's a 9 a.m. So kick. that game, which should be a great game, is now probably going to be affected by the fact that the players are going to be waking up at 5 a.m. Um, so Can you imagine I, playing football at 9 a.m.? I don't know. Like a game. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Probably, I mean, like weather-wise, it's not going to be that much better either because by the time, you know, by the time the game reaches the fourth quarter, it's going to be peak heat in L.A. So, yeah, I don't know. Outside of that, you know, that we screw you, Fox. But um, USC, Arizona State, probably the game of the year in the Pac-12 South. Um, you're going to have Jane Daniels versus Keaton Slovis. USC is coming off a year, um, a solid year, but they were a very young team last year. A lot of people are looking to this year as uh, a year in which they can uh, – make some noise in the Pac-12, potentially win the championship. I just want to see what they have at receiver. Yeah. I They lost Michael Pittman, and he was a definitely a security blanket for Slovis yeah. when he was younger. They've so. got Tyler Vons is back, as is um, as is Sam Brown. So I think they'll manage Which that wide Saint receiver. Which Sam Brown is this? Um, Amon Ra? No. Wait, yes, it is Amon Ra, yeah. Dude, they're, yeah. they're like the Ball Stanford. brothers. There's just so yeah. many of them. There's three of them. Yeah, it it's was crazy. Um, yeah, what was it? It was uh, Equinemius went to Notre Dame, Dame. Osiris at Stanford, and then yes. Amonra at USC. Osiris was the bad one. He well, was okay. A- that was probably more of a product of Stanford being terrible, more so than him being bad. Fair. Uh, but Arizona State's also been building up to this year for a couple of years. Herm Edwards has got this program, you know, where he wants him to be. The recruiting class last year was the best they've seen in quite some time so it's really only going to be up from here jane daniels has a lot of new talented wide receivers to throw to um i think this team is also only going to be better this year and i see this potentially being a high scoring very close game usc is always very tough to predict especially early in the season um I, they might be the most unpredictable week one team in yeah, college football. as of as of now i'll pick them to win but i could also very easily see arizona state going in there and making a statement win so. yeah that 10 and a half point spread is mm-hmm. weird yeah. it's i think it'll i don't think i mean i guess hypothetically usc could blow them out but i just i feel like you just don't know what you're gonna get mm-hmm and we don't really know how good Arizona State is either. Yeah, but so. that'll that'll be an entertaining one to watch regardless. Um, we'll also get to see the rest of the teams return. Arizona will be playing at Utah. Utah coming off uh, a disappointing end to last season. They lost a lot of talent from that team. It's going to be interesting to see if Whitt- Kyle Whittingham can you know, get that team playing back to the level that they were. Uh, if anybody can, he can. Uh, always a very resilient coach and able to sort of make something out of nothing. So, um, and Arizona's uh, terrible. Why is Kevin Sumlin still there? Please get rid of him. <laughs> Do they still have a, what's his name? Khalil uh, Tate? Yeah. No, he's he's gone. Their, their, their new quarterback on... I forget his name. Um, but is, is actually solid. He's really not the issue. It's defensively they're still just well Kevin Sumlin abysmal is abysmal because it's Kevin Sumlin and he doesn't do defense ugh, yeah um, UCLA Chip Kelly probably coaching for his job this year he's he desperately 100%. needs above, above a 500 record they'll be taking on Colorado and Boulder <laughs> I personally think UCLA is going to be much improved um, I think DTR is going to have a great season they've he got should. a lot of offensive talent uh, it's going to come down to the defense probably and DTR's just consistency because he has... He's super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. He'll play great one week and then like 50% the next week with a couple yeah. turnovers. The problem is Bruin fans aren't going to take that again this year. They they 
They want wins now. It's Chip Kelly's third year. Yeah, They're he, expecting more. DTR is going to have his 30th college mm-hmm. start this year. Yeah. Which He's got to be good. Which is weird to think about that. The time he's been, he started every game since his freshman year, mm-hmm. and he started like seven games in high school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tate Martell. Oh, yeah. You'll uh, we'll also get to see uh, so Pac-12 after dark is also back. Washington State will take on Oregon State. Um, Beavers coming off a solid year. I think they'll uh, they'll continue to improve this year. Wazoo is probably going to take a step back uh, without Leach. And... Um, <laughs> Um, who Anthony Gordon? Thank you. Speaking of Mike Leach, Kylan Hill opted out. We were gonna. Yeah, the Mike Leach project in Starkville is not going well. uh, It it got off to a really fast. They could potentially win a game against Vanderbilt this week. So we're gonna talk about that in a second. Toilet Um, bowl. What probably you know behind Oregon. Uh, the two next best teams in the North, Washington and California, will be taking on each other. That should be a really good game. Um, I'm interested to see Jimmy Lake as the head coach. Uh, I think he honestly could end up being better than Chris Peterson at Washington. You know, he's had that defense playing at such a high level for so long. His mindset with that program, you know, he is an aggressive attacking coach. Uh, I, it's going to come down to, you know, the new quarterback, how the offense looks. But defensively, I think they're going to be solid. But Cal in their own right, you know, with Chase Garbers, offensively they're going to be – you know they really improved last year. I think they're going to continue to be uh, solid this year, and that defense uh, has been great since Justin Wilcox has been there. So that's going to be a really interesting one to watch. Uh, whoever wins that game is probably going to merge the biggest challenger to Oregon um, out west. Speaking of those Ducks, they will be getting the ABC primetime game against Stanford in Eugene. Yeah. So you've gotten my homerism. Now you get Parker's. Yeah. He's an Oregon fan. I'll get no it. connection, by the way. Just. Child, it. childhood love but um yeah last time Oregon played Stanford ABC primetime game in Eugene uh, I wanted to off myself after the game because um we blew it similar to um I don't know take your pick of you know Falcons Chargers Georgia Bulldogs anybody that's blown a lead in the past five years um you know should have been 28 to 3 ended up being 21 to 10 and then stanford came back and won this year that will not happen because stanford's not good and i stanford hasn't been good for a while yes i think you know david Shaw's lost the culture there is the problem defensively they have not been the same it's it's the physicality that they've lost on both sides of the ball running game hasn't been there and then that sort of stout front seven has not been there um davis davis mills is actually a really good quarterback Um, he's beast Highly recruited in that class. I believe the same class as Tua. Um, yes, correct. He was. He he's gonna he he had a solid year last year. I think he's gonna continue to improve. Offensively, I think they're gonna be better. Defensively, I think it's gonna be much of the same. And I think for Oregon, biggest things to see. I mean, the quarterback spot. Tyler Show and Anthony Brown have been battling for it. Show as of right now is presumed to take the opening snaps but i think you'll see both of them um i really like show i think he has a lot of potential uh to be even better than herbert was but we'll see because anthony brown is also solid at also has that experience that uh, a team like oregon that is going to be fighting for playoff spot would want the offensive line loses all five starters from you know an incredible unit and oregon's got a team you know you got Cristobal, who is a former offensive lineman as your head coach and they've got a great staff as well that teaches offensive linemen there. So I think I don't expect a huge drop off there, but I don't know if they're going to be as dominant as they were last year. Um, so this might be a year where Oregon relies more on their defense, which is so rare to think about. But uh, defense outside of losing um, 
Troy Dye and a couple members of the secondary, they really returned largely intact, and they've recruited very well. Two five-stars are now in the uh, linebacker core as well. So I think... I think this will be a game Oregon. Oregon wins comfortably. Um, I think they maybe. I think first half they maybe struggle on offense. Stanford hangs in there, but I think they pull away late. Uh, I'm not going to comment because, well, I just know not nearly as much about this game as you. But I also would like to say that if you told me like two or three years ago that David Shaw would be like legitimately coaching for his job, like he's on the hot seat, no question about it. Because he's, he has no control over that Sanford team anymore. I would be in complete shock. Yeah. That dude was, he took, he picked up right where Harbaugh left off. He was a great football coach for a long time, and it's just strange that Sanford is so irrelevant now. It really yeah. is. Yeah, they they they've fallen hard. Um, I I think they can potentially. Wait 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 wait. Big tree fall hard. <laughs> Hilarious. Joke of the week from Cordell. Thank you, thank you. Because um, he's not Gus Malgon anymore. Had to find a new one. Yes, but uh, yeah, yeah. This, so that'll that'll about wrap up. You know, the Pac-12's opening week should be interesting. I mean, as it has been with watching all of these Power Five conferences play for their first week, we've had plenty of surprises. Plenty of weird, unexpected results. Probably are going to get that with the Pac-12 because if anybody's going to do that, it's the Pac-12 because, you know, nobody really plays consistently in that conference. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. But we have three games that are much bigger than any Pac-12 game this week. Um, so we can we can start off with our Friday night battle. BYU is going to take on an opponent. <laughs> A real football team. Yes, they will be traveling to the Smurf turf, taking on Boise State, who's 2-0, uh, comfortably glided through games against Utah State and Air Force. Now they're going to be hosting a top-10 opponent under the lights, on the blue turf. Can't ask for much better. Zach Wilson versus... It was Hank Bachmeyer. Jack Sears started last week and played almost better than Bachmeyer. So Where did really, that kid transfer from? I've heard that name. As have I. It's on the tip of my tongue. I will do research now, but... USC. Yes, you're correct about Really? That. Yeah, you're actually right. Yeah, I knew he it. Was behind, uh, he was behind... He was behind Slovis. Slovis beat him was, out. He might have been behind Darnold, too, for a year. Um, but regardless, what are your what are your thoughts and predictions on that game? This is uh, a tough one to call. I'm, uh, look, Boise's good, but um, I, I'm... I'm all in on BYU this year. Yeah. I love how Zach Wilson literally just goes up there and plays backyard football. He just chucks it all over the field. And they're good. They've got a good defense. Like, I, I, I'm sold on BYU winning out. Really? I, yeah. I'm, I, I fully I, – I'm here for BYU to win out. I'm here for Cincinnati to make the playoff and BYU to get the New Year's Six uh, – Group of five bet. I'm I'm all about it. Yeah. A lot of a lot of group of five love them. Um, uh, it's it's awesome that they like. Yeah. I don't want to watch the Pac-12 in the playoff. True. I mean, yeah. I mean, those two teams. Plus, you're looking at Marshall as well. Boise, of course. Um, a lot of the American teams are really solid too this year. Um, it's it's a great year for the group of five. Unfortunately, it has to come in a shortened season, but. Yeah, I um I think people focus on Zach Wilson a lot. That BYU defense is playing very well. And the biggest thing isn't even I mean Wilson's improved a lot, but the biggest thing is BYU having some threats outside. You know, for so long it's really only been uh the tight end position that 
really scares teams. But, you know, the wide receivers, Dax Milne, for example, they're all they they have a lot of vertical threats now. They have a lot of big bodied wide receivers that are out there. And I mean, Wilson just got a plethora of guys to choose from. Um, so I, I agree. I think BYU goes in. Uh, I think they win a close one over Boise. And then for BYU, you've got two games left after this. You're going to uh, host North Alabama, so that's a win. And then you're going to host San Diego State, which is a sneaky tough game, especially if you're potentially looking ahead, um, you know, past that game, looking to be undefeated, you know, looking at either a playoff spot or New York six spot. But, um, you know, this is this is really the final true test if they win this game there they would have to win this game probably by 20 plus to really be considered by the playoff committee i think they need to blow out boise and then have boise win out um but i i do like byu in this game as well i really want them to play utah just on like the spur yeah, like just so do i just like a random like utah needs a game mm-hmm. because, because of I mean, covid i mean byu is to michigan as utah is to ohio state so but, but BYU is so much better than Utah this year. It's not even mm-hmm. close. Yes. Yeah. Unlike Michigan, they actually would have a chance of beating they the They would win by year. 30. Mm-hmm. Well. I don't know about that. They've been, better, they've been better than Utah before, and they've lost. They were up like. They're a lot better this Zach year. Zach Wilson's freshman year, they were up 28 to 7 or something like that. And then I remember when he game. changed his number because he was going to make it the <laughs> number of wins every time he beats Utah. Exactly. That See, was funny. He and then he, or, his he just has this year. How unfortunate. Um. Yeah, anyways, moving on, we've got uh, the big one in the SEC East, as it has been for the past couple of years, uh, Florida, Georgia. Potentially, I feel like this game has been building up, or this series has been building up to this game for a couple of years now, just because Florida's still been on sort of that upward trend. I feel like this year they've kind of hit their peak um, of what Dan Mullen's been building there. And Kirby Smart's got Georgia, you know, still sort of looking like how they have the past three years so i feel like florida still has more to gain they could put it together with a typical florida defense yes but i don't know it's really difficult to have an elite defense an elite offense like florida has had in the past like i don't yeah you see a lot of teams sometimes you know lsu last year um florida this year where they have to sacrifice having an elite defense for an elite offense okay lsu's defense last year was very good they were good but they were not they were there were i could list off at least four or five lsu defenses that were better than last year's unit in the last decade that's fine but they're way better than florida's defenses yes. this year florida's defense improved this week though they did florida's defense that. showed a lot of improvement over missouri potentially that uh, those couple of bye weeks uh, did some good for them. Did a bit of self scouting, um, figured some things out. George, on the other hand, is quite the opposite. Defensively, they're fine. Stetson Bennett is a top ten Heisman candidate. Well, okay, let's see. Is he the <laughs> answer at quarterback now? Is what we have to ask ourselves. Is he the guy? Is JT Dan- should JT Daniel see time this week? I think JT Daniel should go in if it's the second quarter and they still haven't scored. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think at least especially in a game time. like this, you can't waste you can't waste much time. If if things aren't working, this is a must win. Um because the loser of this is more than likely eliminated from the SEC championship game. Kirby just needs to do what Saban does to him and every the thing time. About these teams is, you know, if you don't make the SEC championship game this year, then and that's a disappointment of a season for, you know, either one. So that's why this game is so huge, especially because both already have one loss. Um you're also eliminated from the playoff if you lose this game. So it's a really tough pick. I think if Florida's going to beat them any year, it'll be this year. That's why I'll pick Florida. 
uh, to win potentially a close game, something around like 31-24. Uh, some of our friends said 24-17 earlier. I could maybe get on board with that just because I, I don't think Georgia's going to score that much. Well, he said Georgia would win 24-17. Well, yes, I'll flip that. Um, yeah, I, I'll like Florida as of now. I think, I think Trask will get the better of them this year. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to pick Florida because of how well their defense played after last week. Because honestly, if you ask me to pick an offense, Mizzou or or uh, Georgia, I might take the Tigers. Oh, jeez. See, huh? that's, that's, that's when you know you've hit rock bottom they, in Athens. Like, Georgia's got a lot more talent. Like, George Pickens has more talent in his pinky finger than Mizzou's offense has altogether, probably. Yeah. But... Mizzou's they, they just they've scored more points before like I don't know I mean yeah. they uh, yeah so I I cannot get on offense the recent trend it used to be defense wins championships right but the recent trend is there it is possible to build an unstoppable offense in college football it's For harder sure. to do in the NFL yeah but in college football you can build a juggernaut of an offense, and if you have a competent defense, or if your defense just does not suit up in crimson and cream and run out there with Oklahoma across your chest, you can win. Yeah, that's a major weakness. If you're, uh, yeah, if you're playing, if, you, for, if you're playing for the state of Oklahoma, it's yeah, you're already starting behind. Um, uh, other than that, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go with Florida because Trask, Pitts, and Kadarius Tony. Georgia's defense is good, but and uh, I mean, okay, they're better than good, but still, I, I'm riding with the offense. It, that's the way it went in the Bama game. Now Bama's offense is better than Florida's, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still gonna ride with I the also Gators. Think, I also think it's gonna be it's gonna be such a contrast in styles. I think Georgia, you know, is gonna want to win this game on the ground, potentially pound Florida, um, which is possible this year. Usually it would not be, but I think Georgia could, you know, potentially dominate Florida up front. If they control the game on the ground, control time possession, limit the amount of times Trask gets the ball, then you could see Georgia winning a scrappy, low-scoring game. But if they allow Florida to air it out, if that's secondary, because I think they're going to key in on the passing game much more, because Florida's running game, although they have some talented backs, has not shown a lot to be scared of as of yet. So I think it's either going to... Florida's going to have to run the ball better than they have before, because I don't think they're going to be able to just straight up throw it all over Georgia. And I also think Stetson Bennett you know, obviously is going to have to, similar to the Bama game, he's going to have to play way above his potential. Otherwise, Daniels will be coming in. So, well, you don't know about that. But Kirby is Kirby's very loyal to his his men. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think the Gators win by seven to ten points. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And then uh, our prime time matchup of the week, we're potentially I'm an ACC about this one. ACC championship preview game. Um, a lot of people doubt Notre Dame two years ago. They showed us, you know, why it's hard to trust them in big games. I've got to say, I think this is the best Notre Dame team Brian Kelly has had, even counting the national championship team that year because that team 13, ended up not being good. That Yeah, that team was talk about fraud. I, I just think this defense is elite. And I think the experience of Ian Book is, you know, able to help out this offense. The running game has really looked well, great. 
um, so far. And they aren't playing Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, Clemson is a different beast. Uh, DJ Ulele is a, probably, I mean, I was devastated when he didn't commit to Oregon because I, I thought he's the type of dude that wins you national championships. I think he'll win one before he's done at Clemson, too. Um, so I don't think it's as steep of a drop-off as you think, but just the, the experience <coughs> you lose with Lawrence. It's um, different, though. Lawrence has played in this type of game at least five times um, in his career. Um, whereas you're going to have a true freshman walking into South Bend against that defense, so yeah. it's it's tough to call. I think you know the thing about Clemson they can they can lean on ETN, they can lean on their defense, they can lean on their skill position guys. So it's not all going to come down to DJ. Whereas Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame's going to have to play you know their A plus game to win this game. So it's it'll be it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be close, potentially low scoring. I honestly like Notre Dame as of right now. I, I, I'll call them to win Whoa. this game. Whoa. Wait, wait. Like, like, do you you think, really? I think I, they win this game, then they lose in the ACC championship game. I, I, I figured that's what you were going to say. I'm yeah. just, you really think so? Like, I, think, I think so. I think this I think is. Clemson could win this game. I mean, if not now, then when? You're at home. They're playing the backup <laughs> quarterback. Clemson struggled last week. <laughs> Notre Dame has been, for I the think, most part, outside of the Louisville game, they haven't shown many flaws. So I just, I'll, I'll, I'll put some faith in Brian Kelly and the Irish. It's usually not a safe pick to put faith in them. Yeah, I, like but, to, I like to put my faith in things that I've, I've seen do it before. Yeah, but um, sometimes you got to branch out. I think the whole thing about Clemson not playing well last week is actually super beneficial um, for the for the Tigers because it's a wake up call. Yeah, because. All, okay, DJ Ugalele played really good, but he also it was very different probably than playing at St. John Bosco. Yeah, you know, or is that where he went? Yeah, well. yeah. So he he played a great game, and he will not play that well against this Notre Dame defense. But he realized that in college football, it you're not just going to be better and more talented and win the game. And because Boston College is not great, but they play hard and they win some football games. So I think it it woke him up. Reality check, second half. The defense shut out Boston College in the second half. So I think they that was also a wake-up call for them. I think this is, like you said, the best Notre Dame team Brian Kelly's ever had. Um, I think they're going to lose by four points. Uh, I think they're really good. Like you said, the defense is great. Ian Buck has all the experience in the world that you'd want at quarterback. He's actually a competent quarterback. He's not, uh, what is it, Everett Golson? Yes. Yeah, he's not Everett Golson. Um, he, he's the real deal. Um, but still, uh, I will not bet against the Clemson. If Clemson had played well last week and, you know, I could maybe say, hey, he's never, you know, had to deal with this before. You know, but I think a little adversity and a little bit of a scare last week changes the whole complexion of this. Um, it, it makes it makes the only unexperienced guy on Clemson's team a little more experienced. Yeah, and I think the I think you got to think about you know potentially Clemson was looking a bit ahead to this game, first game with the backup quarterback. I think that explains you know the result from last week too. But I don't know. I'll have a bit of fun this week. I'll I'll pick Notre Dame and see how that pans out for me. Um, now we'll transition to some quick picks. Some of the other top first. First, well, we have uh, to. Yeah, right. you wanted. We, to, we talked about this. I don't think I'm really going to say a word. I want to say ahead. something. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. This is 
this is your time to shine, boys. Okay, this is Vanderbilt. This is their chance to win a game, Parker. That this is for real. Okay, Callen Hill's not even playing. I'll say if Vanderbilt wins this game, I think Mike Leach should be fired on the spot. <laughs> okay. I'm dead serious. I think if he, if he loses this game, I just think it's not going to work. Um, I'm just going to say I live for games like this, okay? it's it, it gives me Rutgers-Northwestern vibes. Now, props to both those teams. They've already won games this year. Rutgers is 2-0. Or Rutgers. Northwestern is 2-0. But I'm I'm getting those those vibes that I just I just love. Okay, I'm a big fan of horrible college football. And uh, I'm gonna watch this game. No, exactly. But I'm gonna look at the box score and laugh. <laughs> okay, so that, it's more for entertainment purposes. This is no, this is purely for uh, just it's a joke to me. I, I I firmly believe that the toilet bowl is that's it it it's just it should be a thing that people care more about. Um, I think they should do an anti-college football playoff, and I think both these teams would make it this year. Oh, yay, anti-college football playoff. That's, Toilet Bowl, that's what we uh, all want. you throw in uh, these two teams who's terrible. In the, mm, there's not really any terrible ACC teams. Maybe, uh, um, mm, no, Maryland won this week. I don't know. But anyways, these two teams would definitely be in it. Um, so I'm very excited to look at the box score, not watch the game. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Right. Don't forget that that's... we have... We have the best college football weekend, the best games so far, and we also have the worst games. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. Not Don't expand the playoff. Just add in a playoff of the worst teams. No, but seriously, play it in the week between, you know, because it's like, what, 10 days? You play... Would that get a lot? That would either get a ton of views or just nothing. No, but there's no tell. football, Parker. There's yeah. no football after... Okay, so they play the New Year's games, right? And then there's like three games on like January second. Play it on the Saturday before the college football playoff. I actually do feel like that's from a, from a, final. That's on Monday. It would get it would get ratings, but it would be really embarrassing for, for the, the teams I that you play the, the toilet bowl. For the comedy, I think people would actually like watch all those games. You could get Charmin Ultrasoft to sponsor it. The toilet bowl. Um. Electric. Yes. I'm getting jitters. Anyways, let's let's talk about some real football. Um, let's do our quick picks. Yes. Uh, so Oregon Stanford, the primetime game. Um, I I'll, I'll, I already said I think Oregon will pull away late. Uh, I think they win probably by 14, 21, something like. I don't think the offense plays that great. I think it's something like 31, 17 potentially. I think Stanford's so bad that Oregon, if they don't win, should be embarrassed. Probably. Well, yes, I would agree with that. Um, Arizona State USC. Um, that it, it's a tough one to call. I like USC as of now. Um, I think it'll be higher scoring, maybe 38 35, something like that. I think you see Daniels and Slovis go back and forth for most of the day. Okay. I'm a, I, I like both of the quarterbacks, but something about Keaton Slovis, I, he just, I don't know. He seems like to me, he's a future first round NFL draft pick. And like, he, he honestly, I think he's better than Darnold was. Like, Darnold was good as a freshman. But he he always had the turnover problems and I'm and I don't know. I'm, I digress. I like Slovis a lot, so for that reason, it's USC's unpredictable. But I like Slovis, so I'm going to take USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, Oklahoma State Kansas State desperately in Cowboys need, desperately in need of a bounce back game. Um, don't you dare pick the Wildcats. They stink. They lost by forty. I'm last not week. going to because yeah. I don't think. Thank you. I think Oklahoma State's better than Respect. just completely falling off like this. Respect. Um, 
hopefully they won't look ahead to Bedlam next week either. But I, I think a low-scoring game as well, like 24-14, something like that, because KSU always manages to make things ugly, muddle things up. Um, so that's what I'll go with. Cowboys. Yes. Don't even need to say about how many. Cowboys. A lot. Just um, a lot of points. West Virginia-Texas is a very sneaky uh, underrated game. Texas back in the top 25 playing at home. But West Virginia is a really solid team at 4-2. and two. Um, That I think will make this one close. Mountaineers. I like. You like West Virginia? Is that just My favorite stat is since Tom Herman took over as the head coach of the Texas Longhorns, he leads the nation in losses as a ranked team playing an unranked team. So... Why can't he add another one to the list? Yeah, I mean, this would be a typical game that they would lose coming off of a big-time ranked win like that. But I, it's on I'll the have, road too. I'll have right? faith, and I won't have faith in Tom Herman. I'll have faith in Sam Ellinger to win this one. Um, and then Michigan, another team desperately in need of a bounce-back win, on the road in Bloomington against undefeated Indiana, who's looked great so far. They also always seem to play Michigan close in Bloomington, just not win. Is this the time that they win it? Uh no, Michigan bounces back. This is this is this might be the toughest one to pick of the week. It's I, it's very tough, but I I like I like Michigan as well. Mi- Michigan can't I don't go know one. Why I'm still believing in them, but I'm gonna pick. This Michigan. is the game they win. This is the game they win to make you believe that they can play Ohio State. Yeah, that's this is true. exactly yeah. the game they win. Every game they would they would like see. Here's the thing: they'd lose the game to Michigan State and then like win every other game to make the Ohio State game still a big game and then get blown out. No, literally. That's what they do. That yeah. That is the Michigan formula. Um, side note. I know I've been throwing in a lot of side notes. The march to undefeated continues for our Chanticleers, 6-0. and oh. They they have a game against South Alabama, I believe, this week. Watch they're, them lose. No, 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 Parker. Don't doubt the Chanticleers. They host. Oh, they have actually an interesting schedule coming down this season. They'll host App State in two weeks, and they finish the season against Liberty. Ooh. A quick shout out is playing Can, Virginia Tech this week. And game day better could, go to that. Definitely could beat Virginia Tech this week. You could potentially see an undefeated Coastal Carolina top 15 team against a top 20 undefeated Liberty team to end the season. That would be electric. That would be really cool. No. Two great offenses. That would Give, be a shootout. D- Hugh Freeze, the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. That was, that was kind of cool. Um, um, yeah, so uh, lock of the week. Lock your picks in. I've got mine already easily, and I'm going to go, you know, I'm just going to flip the script from what I've talked about the first couple weeks. Cincinnati, I'm buying all in. Uh, minus 13 and a half against Houston. It, they murdered Memphis and SMU. Why would they not do the same to Houston at home? So I'll take Cincinnati. Easy points. I've got Iowa minus six and a half against uh, Michigan State. They played way too good last week for them to keep it going. Rocky Lombardi's horrible. He looks like Draco Malfoy, and he's just not a good quarterback. So Draco Malfoy, what did he do to you? He just looks like Draco Malfoy. I was looking at his picture earlier. It's brutal. He just looks like a jerk. <laughs> anyways, uh, so Iowa minus six and a half. They get off the schneid. Mm-hmm. Anyways, actually, you know who needs a win more than anybody in America? Who? Kirk, what's his name? Kirk, uh, Kirk, Kirk Ferentz. Ferentz. Yeah. yeah, Kirk Ferentz. He really does. Starting out 0-3 at Iowa is not good, especially with the schedule they played so far. And everyone thinks he's racist. So, <laughs> that, Well, everybody thinks that whole program is. Exactly. So he really needs to win football games because nothing kills racism in middle America like winning football games. Is that is that 
right, though? It's not no. right. I'm just saying it, it, it seems to, uh, people seem to care less, it which may, is unfortunate. It, it, may, it may be a perfect storm in Iowa City. You know, you have all the turmoil over the offseason. They start underperforming this year. He's maybe it's gone. The t- maybe it's After the time like when they years. move on from him and a lot of the guys in that program. Just, just based on what fire you're hearing, everyone. Yeah, you still haven't, it's still not definite if a lot of that's been proven true or not yet. I think an investigation is still undergoing. Um, but if it is, I think they all they all need to be gone. So, yeah, that uh, upset pick of the week as well. Um, I would pick Liberty, but I don't even think that's a huge upset. I mean, the the number on this is uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech like minus upset. fourteen and a half, which is just criminal against the Liberty Flames. That is, I, I that could be another lock of the week because I'll take Liberty plus fourteen. But for a legitimate upset, man, Kansas State is very tempting. You just picked. Oklahoma State. Yeah, but literally anytime I see a ranked Oklahoma State team on the road against, like, Kansas State. We're not friends anymore. I mean, when Mason Rudolph was there that last season, Kansas State went into Stillwater as, like, a 500 team and smacked them. Yeah, I know. I was there. It hurt. Okay, dude? Mm-hmm. It exactly. sucked. But <sighs> I will say, see, I was going to pick Purdue over Wisconsin. That was my real, well, like, that was my big tough. one for the week. And then that game got trashed so now i'm stuck stuck with nothing you got any thoughts oh mine yeah i don't know if this counts but i've got two and i don't know if either of them actually count (laughs) um arkansas plus one and a half against uh barely counts tennessee is yeah i mean it's a home game but yeah i like the hogs so uh arkansas and then florida is technically an underdog um, These are terrible picks. I'll throw one in there. Sorry. NC, just... NC State on a Friday night at home. They uh, Last time they played on a – that game was a Thursday night, but on a weeknight uh, in a nighttime game at home, they beat Lamar Jackson. I think they beat Miami this week. I've got one, Parker. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan is going to beat Kent State. I know nothing, but I – you know, Kent State's actually, like, a decent team. You know what? I'll, I'll accept that one because Kent State's actually a good team. No, they're favored by four and a half points. Yeah. Eastern it's, Michigan. I know nothing about either team. It's acceptable. But you called my picks fake, which they were. <laughs> uh, and I'll disagree with you. Yes. But so uh, we'll throw a random one in there. Yes, that'll... It's like a shake the eight ball. That'll wrap up episode 10. We've hit double digits. Enjoy enjoy your Maction uh, Wednesday night. If I can get this episode up before the Maction starts. Yeah, that, we'll try. We'll see if that <laughs> happens. Um, enjoy the Pac-12. Pac-12 after dark returns. We'll be able to see all the West Coast teams play. Um, you've got the game of the year in the SEC East, probably the game of the year in the ACC, as well as potentially the game of the year in the group of five. So you've got a packed weekend. Settle down. Watch some football. Enjoy the weekend, especially after an election week that is sure to be full of controversy and turmoil across the country. So this will be this will be a welcome sort of break from all of that for many people, I assume. We'll catch you guys next time.